This is Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? We ate two feet before we nursed. Oh, listen, Laburnius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. If you missed the first hour, don't worry about it. Show is being recorded as it happens live. First hour will be released in about an hour and 55 minutes from now. Second hour will be released on Thursday, audio podcast. That's how we do it. Now, you can get the full two-hour video archive both on Facebook and YouTube if you want it as soon as the show ends, so don't worry about that. But if you subscribe to the podcast feed, hour number one tomorrow, hour number two on Thursday. Still to come on this show this evening, the one and only Susie Bullock. Hey, Grill. Hey. We'll be talking about Barbecue Brawl, and we'll be talking about Hot Dog. Uh, Don't forget, you can follow me socially. That would be you and all of my (coughs) 5,000-plus followers on Instagram. I have, I don't know, double that on the Twitter, which I've been using more and more because it at least seems to get some kind of a... Lift. John Solberg says lift all the time, so I'm going to steal one of his phrases. Seem, I seem to get lift a little bit uh, you know, when I'm linking back to certain shows, things of this nature. But we've really been driving at the Instagram, but trying to figure out, you know, teetering. I don't want to be the bag that buys followers or that is a repost account just to build followers. And then, you know, once I get to whatever a magic number is in my head, then. Then I start playing by the rules, and I don't want to do that. I want to build it all organically, or as organic as I can. I mean, obviously, I can't do it. The other day, my friend Jason Kaplan from the Howard Stern Show uh, casually mentions the show in a post that he was making, and I got like 45 or 50 followers because he's got a tremendous following. And anybody that follows Jason's Twitter account, or I'm sorry, uh, Instagram account, knows that a lot of that stuff is going to be food-related. So they like food, and they see I get mentioned, and they just kind of hop over. Now, I don't know what my net of that is, but that really pushed me close to 5,000. Probably got 45 or or 50 followers from him, and then today's been great as well. But I don't want to... And then there's bots. There's things that you just can't control, right? But... If at all possible, I want to make sure that I can get a genuine grassroots following. And if it's got to be slower, I mean, what's the rush? I've been doing the show for 12 years, and I'm still here, for crying out loud, right? Get that big stuff out of here. 
If it's patience you need, it's patience I got. Okay, everybody. Hey, coming up this week on Friday, you know what we got? Yeah, it's called the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Now, unlike this show where if you just happen to tune in live for two hours every Tuesday from 9 to 11, uh, there's no need for any kind of archive unless you just have to go back and listen to me talking with Robin or me talking with Steven or uh, I will be talking with Susie here in a couple minutes. You want to go back and listen to that? Fine. I'm happy to have you do that. But if you catch it live and that's all good enough for you, good enough for me. You caught it. You listen to everything and away you go. Now, if you want to listen to the best moments, you have to subscribe to the podcast. That comes out every Friday. This week will be, if you can believe it, episode 86. I'm 86 episodes into a completely different podcast. On the show this coming Friday, the creator of Grill Greats, Brad Barrett. And in the second segment, there is a free-for-all. Joel from Kansas City, then Fred Bernardo. Free-for-all, it's, uh, what did I used to call it, the fourth segment free-for-all, where a sponsor would give me a prize and we would play a game, have people call in. I think Fred actually called in, played the game. He wasn't scheduled, if I remember right, he wasn't scheduled to be a guest. He just called in because he was listening to the show. Fred sponsored the show many years ago. Fred's Music and Barbecue. Remember Fred? Fred's kind of a legend back in the day. Like the the fabric of the show or how the show, Fred is a major part of that portion of the show back then, early 2000s, as we grew into the live show. Fred used to play his guitar. I think he sang a song called Barbecue One one time. It's great. Uh, so that will be episode 86 coming up this Friday. Come on. Let me let me uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast for that in order to get it. Listener email. Hey, Greg. Not that you solicit any reviews, but I did try Burger King's Impossible Burger Whopper today. All the commercials show folks saying it tastes just like a Whopper. I tried it, and I have to say, the first thing that hit me was the texture. It wasn't a very beefy texture, if I'm honest. Once I took a bite, it was pretty much like eating a Whopper. Well, that's pretty much. It was pretty much like eating a Whopper. Granted, all the condiments that come with a Whopper did a lot to mask any subtle differences in taste. I did tear off a piece of the meat and eat it sans any condiments. It was close, but definitely not meat. If you're a vegan who craves the good old days of beef, this will do pretty well for you. If you cover it in a lot of condiments, this is the meat substitute for you. If you eat a patty by itself, please don't act disappointed if you taste something other than real beef. It's just pretty close. Second, just one man's unsolicited opinion. Have a great one. Jeffrey Stone, Grandpa's Pride Barbecue. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, that's it, right? I mean, uh, the other thing that we have to keep in mind here, and I might have had a story Nah, I guess I don't. But in keeping in that, the Impossible Whopper, I believe White Castle has Impossible Burger or another plant-based meat. But 
It's not just the burger places. For instance, Subway Restaurant and Beyond Meat unveil its strategic culinary partnership and go Beyond Meatball. That's right. Subway fans know they can customize their favorite subs to fit any lifestyle, and now guests have even more menu options. Recently, Subway unveils a new culinary innovation partnership with Beyond Meats, test exclusive plant-based meat protein options. Starting this September, that's in a couple weeks, and for a limited time only, of course, Subway restaurants will test the Beyond Meatball Marinara Sub in 685 participating restaurants in the U.S. and Canada. So, Kinger, get the video camera out and get ready to do Meatball Marinara review. The strategic collaboration with Beyond Meat reflects Subway's continued culinary innovation journey to offer guests even more best-in-class food experience that they can only find at Subway restaurants. In the past month, Subway has announced exclusive partnerships to offer the first-ever Halo Top hand-spun milkshake and fresh-baked King's Hawaiian bread only at Subway. The unique partnership with Beyond Meat brings together dedicated culinary teams from both brands to explore new plant-based protein offerings starting with the Beyond Meatball Marinara. If you are a fan of the show, all you have to do is go back three, four weeks, maybe, maybe five. Find the last Pat LaFrida interview that I did with Pat LaFrida. And he said, Impossible Burger, Beyond Burger, Beyond Meat, whatever the hell it's called. These are not fads. These are not going away. However, they're attacking the market all wrong. They should not be going in the burger market because they aren't burgers. They're trying to compete with a burger, and it's not a burger, and there's going to be disappointment. Their strength will lie in using it in other applications like taco or meat sauce or, in this version, a meatball. Not a hamburger, meatball. So we continue to see it. It's I'm telling you guys, it is flooding the market. Both sides, I forget which one is harder to find. Maybe it's the Impossible Burger, I forget. But let us remember that while it is a beef alternative, you should never, and I mean ever, get it confused with a healthier alternative to beef because eating the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Burger is not... Andrew. You are not the heart. It is not a healthier option. You might be uh, helping the carbon footprint a little bit, but it's not helping your heart more than it is by not eating beef. You're eating a tremendous amount of calories, and it, it is not. It is 100% not healthier for you. What? What the hell that even means? Sorry. Uh, Don't get it confused with a healthy alternative. Don't do it. It's not a healthy alternative. It's a beef alternative. And that's it. John Solberg had Beyond Burger the other night and said the Impossible Burger blew it out of the water. 
All right, I'm going to talk to you quickly about Sterling Ball and Big Papa Smokers. You know I love them. Oh, my God, they got the best rubs on the face of the earth. Sweet Money is just all over the kitchen right now. We had it on pork tenderloins for dinner tonight. That punk-ass Hunter Saunders loved uh, Sweet Money last week when I made tater tots. He's lucky I ran out of time in the first segment, by the way. But I got Millennial Smack coming next week. And no one is safe. They have 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals to extraordinary. They also have a great partnership with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form the West Coast offense, which continues to dominate year after year. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce or you're tired of the same old sauces that you've been using, give Granny's a try. And they have a great selection of cookers, right? The pellet cooker industry continues to boom if you are looking for a upscale version the mac two-star general pellet grill is a great cook meathead uses it for recipe development uh sterling ball uses i believe darren Worth is currently using a mac two-star they're the exclusive mac dealer they even offer special packages nobody else can do that they also have a old hickory ace bp and the price is going up by the way on those so hurry up don't miss out get the old hickory ace bp at the lowest price possible if you're not sure of what grill you need, give them a call at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. Hey Grill Hey, Susie Bullock coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Veterans Q. They currently have two sauces original and sweet heat, two rubs, chicken, pork, and beef. They're on the market. They're great. I've tried them all, so I can vouch for their authenticity of awesomeness. Also, 100% of their profits donated to credible veterans organizations. Use code BBQ20 for 20% off your entire order. That's BBQ20 all together. And all you have to do is go to veteransq.com and use the discount code BBQ20 to get 10, uh, sorry, 20% off your entire order. Great. All right, my guest in the second hour made her first appearance on this show back in February. You've probably watched her on the Food Network over the past few weeks, systematically taking down her competition, culminating in a showdown with another female pitmaster, Leanne Whippin, in the TV series Barbecue Brawl, Flay versus Simon. If you don't know her from there, you certainly know her from her website and online properties. So we race to the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. And welcome back, friend of show, Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. Hey, Susie. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing? You have the world behind you. <laughs> yes, literally. No doubt. The world. Does that go up like the whole wall or what? It does. Man, it's oh, like, man. 
cool wall map thing. Is that like a living room thing or a den? Yeah. Or you... No, this is our front room. Wow. All right. Love that. What was the inspiration there? Um, we travel a ton. Yeah. So I actually got this when my son was a baby and it was in his nursery. Now it's in our front room. Will you be going on a Stephen Reichlin led cruise by Windstar Cruises next February or thereafter? Um, how amazing does that sound though? <laughs> I don't know. Like I would never go on a cruise. Oh, really? No. We're taking our kids on a cruise in October. We'll see how we like it. Uh, are you like staying in country per se or are you going out of the out of the wire as it were? We're going down to the Bahamas. Ooh, nice. They're young enough that Disney is still super fun, so we're doing like a three-day Disney. Well, uh, I mean, it's my experience that even when they're 17 and 18, Disney is still super fun. So, I mean, you <laughs> I have that going. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's super fun. No doubt about it. All right. So, uh, great to have you back on the show. And uh, there's obviously a lot of barbecue brawl talk that we want to get underneath the belt here before we cross over into the hot dog talk. So, first things first. How do you get on the show? How's the approach? Do you apply like on some other shows? Are you contacted? How does it go? Uh, for this one, I was contacted. I didn't apply for this show. I've applied for other shows in the past. Um, other barbecue shows? One, sure. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I've been, yeah, I've been attempting this Food Network game for a couple of years. And so I think at some point your name ends up on a list somewhere after you've bugged enough people. <laughs> So you think you were asked because you were just persistent or do you think that, you know, somebody did a little due diligence and realized, hey, she's got some recipe skill behind her. She's got some work with some bigger brands within the live fire industry. Oh, by the way, she's quite the social media maven. Probably wouldn't hurt to have her on a TV show. Right. One thing that I learned, because I did talk to the producers and say, like, how did I even end up on this show? Because I wasn't sure why they called me. <laughs> and she said, actually, we had to fight for you a little bit because mm. they like the more seasoned cooks that have that competition, especially television experience. That is why a lot of the faces on that show are very familiar. Ones that you've seen on previous shows, Barbecue Pit Masters, Chop Grill Masters, because uh, they like to know a little bit that there is TV experience behind people that they're going to have competing. Uh, I was one of the few that didn't have <laughs> TV, especially competition experience behind me. I'd never really competed before. Uh, I helped one friend at a barbecue competition in Utah one time that was super small. Other than that, I've never competed. So definitely, I think they took a chance on me. I do think my social media helped because I do have the YouTube videos. I do have the Facebooks and the live videos. Right. So there are actual demonstrations of me cooking my food. Right. So that helped. But You know, I'm conflicted because, uh, as you had said a couple minutes ago, you know, you see a lot of and this has been my uh, this has been my gripe all along for for years now is um I love barbecue on television because it helps elevate the industry. And that's what I want to do. That's like a goal of this show is to have people on and introduce them to people that they might not know, or maybe they're doing something pretty cool, help them, my guests, uh, promote their stuff, all that. But it seems, especially in the TV portion, that there are the same eight or nine or 10 people. And no matter what network has the show on, it's a chop style show and it's, the same people that are on going after each other. And to me, that is going to play okay for a certain period of time. And then like anything else, it's going to be stale. You're like, oh, there's so-and-so again, or there's that guy again, or that late. And uh, that's so that's what I was worried about. Um, 
this go around. So it was nice to see that uh, there were a couple newish yeah. faces, uh, you yeah. being one of them. But I agree with you. Uh, I don't know why there would be such a fight because all you have to do, I mean, anybody's a freaking TV star now. If you have half a personality and you have a camera and that's what you want to do, you make your own videos. You can be way more marketable. And with a interactive built-in fan base that you have, like th- there should have been no question that they should have had you on. <laughs> I mean, who cares about well, thank the, you. The, I mean, there's no, <laughs> uh, I don't know how much weight having competition barbecue experience even means on television i don't know what that Uh, means i think a lot in terms of just knowing that you can cook within a deadline because that's something that's really crucial in every competition show that's on tv is it's timed and there are certain restrictions you're cooking i mean we were cooking entirely outdoors yeah and so i think there is that element of if you have done competition barbecue it gives you a little bit of a background in terms of you got to get these meats turned in on time you know there is a certain structure to it that i think if you have that experience it could be helpful i don't i'm with you though i don't think that it's requisite but i do think that especially in the barbecue industry uh we tend to lean towards competition mm. restaurant those are the two right? Those are the two that make good barbecue people. Um, You can kind of feed in cookbook authors. Steven Reichland's a great example. He's also a TV host, but he's a great cookbook author. And there are several that have written cookbooks that kind of give them that authority. I don't have any of those three things. (laughs) And so it's like you said, anybody can have a TV show now if you have a camera and half a personality. Uh, So I think there was just that little bit of concern, like, can this girl actually handle the intensity of a fast-paced kitchen different meats thrown at her, different cook times thrown at her. And, and can she get it done? I mean, luckily I have been able to so far on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. And when you're talking to the producers and they're explaining to you, like, how do they explain the concept? And would you say from their explanation to when you actually started getting down there and doing it, was it a, a fairly accurate description? Uh, the description I got was, a barbecue competition show and Bobby Flay's in it. <laughs> wow. Big surprise. That was about all I got. Really? So, uh, I didn't even know what the prize was until I had an official version of the contract hmm. laid out in front of me. And even that was fairly generic. So um, it left a lot to the imagination. So I didn't have anything to go on in terms of can I prepare? Can I practice? Can mm-hmm. I, I just had to go with the skill set that I had and hope that I had enough to get through. And they didn't, they the didn't even, they didn't even mention Michael Simon was going to be on the show. Just Bobby Flay. Uh, I didn't know Michael Simon was going to be on the show until just a couple days before. Wow. I wonder if it was just going to be a Bobby Flay show and then they decided to add him in, in the, in the last, I minute. don't Who knows? think so. Bobby Flay show or Bobby Flay's production company that he owns is the one that's producing the show. So mm. I think that's kind of just where it came from. So, I think they wanted to keep as much unrevealed as possible. Yeah. Right. You, you, we want to lead you through this dark closet until the last second, and then open the yeah. door and see how you do. I, I get that. So do you think of yourself as, someone who should be going on a TV show whose winner will be crowned master of Q? Uh, That's like, I have imposter syndrome a lot. Like at some point, somebody's (laughs) going to point at me and be like, you don't know what you're doing. And I'm going to be like, you're right. And it's all going to fall apart. Uh, But the honest truth is that I 
really love developing recipes and I really feel like I have a knack for flavor profiles and putting things together and compiling dishes that are really delicious. And so in that sense, I felt entirely qualified to go on a show where I was going to be cooking recipes and coming up with recipes on the fly and making dishes out of unique ingredients that I wasn't aware of because that's a lot of what I do at home. Mm -hmm. And I think in terms of the backyard barbecue crew that I kind of feel like I represent, uh, that's what a lot of us do, right? We're sitting there compiling dishes for our family and we're making things that taste good. And uh, so anyway, I think I think I felt definitely like I was pushing my limits as to what I was capable of. But I mean, I've been hosting my own show, my own, the, the winner of the show wins a digital series on foodnetwork.com. Mm. And I've essentially been hosting a digital series online for four years. So in terms of what, the prizes for the show, I definitely went in feeling like that was something that I could handle if I'm to walk away with the title. So, yeah. Are, I mean, are, like, are you kind of, I'm going to break away from the questioning here just for a second, but like, are you constantly inspired to cook and like make a, a dinner like different? And because I, 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 the thing that I hate the most, I get up in the morning and I know at some point in the afternoon there's going to be a text coming from one of the kids going, What's for dinner? And I just want to blow my head off because I've had I, I, I just don't seem to have the wherewithal or the creativity to just be inspired to be able to. I'm really good at following directions. I'm really not that good at remembering stuff, but I'm really good at following directions. So if, if Susie gave me a recipe, I could follow. I could nail it. No problem. But it's the whole uh, food boredom. Like, how do you combat that? Oh, that's the part that I like the most. <sighs> I mean, I could hire out all of the social media, all of the like day-to-day grind stuff of what running like this, this website and all of this like yeah. other technical semantics and just write recipes. Mm. I mean, I spend uh, two or three days a week just in recipe development, just in cooking recipes and coming up with new flavors and wow. everything on my site gets tested multiple times uh, because I want you, when you pick up that recipe what's for dinner at four o'clock on a Thursday, you can follow those bullet points and have a great result at the end of it. So that's the part that I really like. I really like the development process. I really like putting flavors together. So I, and that's a question people ask me all the time. Like, do you ever worry that you're going to run out of inspiration? Like, are Mm. you going to run dry at some point? There's going to be nothing left that you can cook. (laughs) I haven't hit that point yet. I actually have over a hundred recipe ideas sketched out right now for the next few months to hit the website. Like that's, that's what makes me excited is the recipe development process and coming up with new things. Susie Bullock joining me here on the show. Hey, Grill Hey. You can see her on the Food Network Thursdays at 9 Eastern for the Barbecue Brawl Flavors Assignment. All right, so when you get to the set and others start showing up, uh, what are those initial thoughts as you see a Joe Pierce and a Tuffy Stone and a Leanne <laughs> Whippin and a Lene Oxley Loop? And, I mean, the list goes to Kevin Bloodsoe, uh, mm-hmm. Carrie Pringle. I mean, the, the list goes on and on of a pretty high-level, not only competitors, but restauranteurs. Yeah, that was the moment where I was like, oh, maybe out of my league. Because <laughs> I knew every single one yeah. of the people that I was competing against. Zero of them knew who I was. Really? Not a single one of them. Kevin Bloodso came to me the next day after we all met for the first time and said, ah, you're the prime rib girl. I cooked your prime rib for my kids for Christmas. Nice. So he had told his kids who was competing and his kids were like, 
oh, it's Hey Grill Hey, so they knew who I was, but none of the other competitors knew who I was. Hmm. So, I mean, so do you feel like, fun. is there a little, is it just, hey, they don't know me? I mean, did you feel a little disrespected to a certain degree? No, 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 not disrespected. I just think it's very different worlds, right? Like, when I develop recipes and I'm writing recipes, I'm not writing recipes for restaurateurs that have been doing this for 20 years. I'm not writing recipes for the competition crew. I'm writing for the backyard people. So I'd rather the backyard people know who I am than like the competition or restaurant people. So that made sense to me, but it did make me laugh a little bit that I, I definitely at that point felt like I was maybe the, the underdog going into this competition, just based on all of their credentials and their past experience. So as they are, you know, rolling out two by two week after week and Susie Bullock is still there and doing very well. Uh, I mean, are you like, yeah, see, I, I know what I'm doing. Don't worry about that. Uh, I think every week up to this point was shock and awe, to be <laughs> honest with you. I mean, I, you don't see a lot of what happens, right? And so I'm not seeing what other people are cooking on the show. Maybe the person that's in the station right next to me, I kind of have an idea of what they're doing. Uh, but the first time that we as competitors get to see everybody else's food is when we're standing in front of the judges and we're hearing them eat every person's food and give them critiques and they will tell you positives, but every dish has a negative. Mm. That's part of the show, right? Is they have to give critiques on every dish. So you're hearing the positives and you're hearing the negatives on these amazing pitmasters dishes. And at that point, I I mean, when they get to your dish, you're like, I could just die. Like, put me under, put me under the porch. I'm going home. Like you start hearing the negative critiques on your dishes, and it's hard not to feel like it's very humbling. So I don't think there was any point in this show where I was like, Yeah, I got this in the bag, because you never we never knew who it was that was going home because it honestly felt like there was equal equal critique for each competitor. And they did a really good job of that, of making you feel like, I, don't, I didn't know. Each episode, I had no idea hmm. who was going to walk out. And so the only times I think I ever breathed a sigh of relief were the first two episodes, I was not in the bottom two. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I was making it onto the next show. And that's when I was like, okay, I did, I did fine. (laughs) And I could shake it out a little bit, but I mean, that anxiety was right back the next show. So I don't think I ever had a moment where I was like, yes, I got this. I mean, even into the finale episode, it's, it's going to be a fun one to watch. It's, it's fun. From a a raw standpoint is, I mean, I'm sure the days are incredibly long and there's, you know, uh, you know, TV shows always hear like what you see and then what's really happening are almost two different things. I mean, obviously it's what's happening, but like how much is happening that makes it to the cutting room floor that we don't even see? Is it like 90%? I would say 90%. Yes. They have cameras. Uh, Each competitor had a camera on them during the entire cook. So for example, the second episode was a five hour cook. I had a camera on me for five hours. (laughs) Carrie Bringle had a camera on him for five hours. Lene had a camera for five hours. Leanne had a camera. You know, each person had a camera running the entire time for five solid hours. Mm. So that's hundreds of hours of footage over the course of the day and the course of the show. And that was just one challenge. And when it's all edited together, you get 45 to 47 minutes of an episode. So there's a lot that gets left on the floor. um, But it makes it really exciting for me to watch 
because there are pieces of interviews that I never saw or like I said, the cooks happening, I didn't get to see those. So now for me to be able to watch those as they're happening, it's fantastic. It's really fun. Were you surprised that also as you're taking it in now week by week? Because I think Lene said that the, or Joe Pierce said that this was all done like in February or something. So it was much earlier yep. in the year. So now you're just seeing it now uh, towards the end of summer. Are you surprised by any of the editing that was done? In other words, are certain people being made to look one way or another in your opinion, or is it all pretty true to form? I think it's all pretty true to form. I think every person there is so genuinely authentic. They are who they are. You know, they've been in the game long enough. They cook what they like to cook. A lot of them have done TV before. And so I think it's a pretty accurate representation of each of us. I feel like if anything, they were really nice to me um, because like you guys didn't see me cut my fingers three times. Nobody knew that I was like so stressed out. I cut myself on a can. I cut myself on a potato peeler. Uh, so they were giving me a little bit more credit than I probably deserve because I seriously like the nerves are tough and I never cut myself on a knife, but it was always the stupid other stuff in the kitchen that got me. Uh, but you know, the idea that I was picked last that actually happened. That wasn't something that they altered so that it would be more exciting now that I'm in the finale episode. Like I legitimately was picked last for the teams. Uh, and you know, my meatball was tough in the first episode. And so that idea that I was an underdog or a wild card or that was all true. Nobody's seen me compete before. None of the other competitors knew my cooking history. None of them knew my background. And so I kind of came in as this mystery competitor and, so I feel like it was, especially from from my perspective, I feel like it's been portrayed pretty accurately. Uh, the finale, uh, at least on the promo, because I, as I was telling you earlier, I was just watching the show where it ends, ends up being you and Leanne going into the end here. Yep. Is it as crazy as the promo makes? I mean, it, they said whole hog, and I was like, oh, my God. I mean, you know, I would just get out and quit immediately. I'd let Leanne take the win. <laughs> and then it's like, so we're going to have you cook whole hog but it's you know you're cooking breakfast you're cooking lunch you maybe you're going to be cooking some other dish i mean it's it's outrageous is that crazy it was absolutely insane wow. to film so i cannot wait to watch and see how it comes together i mean they say whole hog and i look over at leanne whippin and my first thought was like oh no oh another whole hog okay oh, old hat no. right wow uh So I think it makes it really exciting because it's seriously just the theme that has been uh, going along through the entire series is I kind of feel like I have a lot to prove going into this final episode. And to be going against Leanne honestly was like such a dream come true for me because 10 years ago, I mean, my husband and I really got into barbecue watching Barbecue Pitmasters. Mm -hmm. And it was all dudes on that show except for Leanne. And so when I really started cooking and getting into wood-fired cooking and outdoor cooking and true traditional American barbecue, one of the reasons that I thought there might be a place for me at this table was because of Leanne, Mm. because I had watched that show and she showed up and she kicked butt and she worked really hard and she had great flavors and she went out there and hustled. Myron Mixon even said at one point in one of the episodes, like, Leanne's one of the few women out here that shows up because she legitimately likes to cook. And she has a lot of respect from a lot of the guys around here because of that. And 
I think that's really true is if you're willing to show up and you're willing to cook, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, if you're willing to put the work in and, and make really good food. So I kind of took that to heart a little bit. So to be competing against her in the finale is it's pretty surreal. All right. But uh, definitely feel out of my depth oh. going into a whole hog against Leanne with Yeah, of course. I would I would be completely <laughs> out of my depth. No doubt about I it. Who wouldn't? Yeah. I, mean, I could be not competing against anybody and I would be out of my depth <laughs> on whole hog. Uh, we're talking with now Susie do it, Bullock. Do it in a cinder pit. Yeah, no way. I mean, it's just not. I'm, I'm going to call one of my pals, like, uh, you know, Mark Lambert or Malcolm <laughs> Reed. Or, you know, the, yeah. I'll just name drop all day long. Uh, Susie Bullock joining me here on the show from Hey Grill. Hey, can I uh, put you on hold just for one second and we'll come back, finish up with the TV show, and then we'll talk about hot dogs? Good? Yep. All right. Stand by. We're talking with Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. Obviously, you're probably following her already on social media. Uh, HeyGrillHey.com, the website. Don't forget, she's got that uh, Grill Squad, which uh, opens up like uh, certain periods of time where you can sign up and get all this exclusive content as well. Uh, I will talk to you quickly about uh, Hartville Hardware Grill Fest 2019. That's right, if you're going to be around localish Cleveland. On September 21st, I will be the MC all day long, and we're going to be grilling and barbecuing. Uh, I'll be kind of uh, moderating all of the events during the day. Danielle Bennett will be there. That's the Q. She'll be doing the Traeger demo. Still waiting on who the Weber rep and demo will be, and the Big Green Egg demo person will be Elisa Delgado. She's the local Cleveland chef here that cooks for a lot of the Browns and some of the rich folks over here. And uh, she's well-versed on the Big Green Egg. Uh, I will be, it's, it'll be kind of like doing a live Barbecue Central show in front of a live studio audience with people actually cooking. So I'll be interviewing Diva, and she'll be giving answers. We'll be going to the uh, to the audience and that, getting their answers to their questions. It's going to be great fun. I'll sign autographs, take pictures, shake hands, all that stuff. Nobody's going to be asking me for that, but that's fine. Uh, September 21st, all day long. Fun starts at 10. Go to HartvilleHardware.com. It's the country's largest hardware store. HartvilleHardware.com, the 2019 Grill Fest. It's going to be fun. Come on. DivaQ is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Do you need any more reasons than that? I doubt it. All right, we're back with more Hey Grill Hey. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Hey, are you signed up for the Smokin' with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship? It's free. What are you waiting for? Hit up smokinwithsmithfield.com for all the details, and then you can also see where your team ranks against everybody else. Don't forget the National Barbecue Championship in New Orleans in just a couple months. So book it up, smokewithsmithfield.com. And we're talking with Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. Susie, thanks for hanging with me through the break there. Yeah, of course. You're not going to be local Cleveland September 21st and watch me moderate a all-day cook fest, are you? No, but that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. Diva I Q. mean, my mentor is from Cleveland. On the show, Michael Simon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, what am I talking about? Uh-oh. I pay hardly any attention to anything. I mean, who do we get? Uh, I mean, that's a uh, – well, we'll talk about the judges here in just a second. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a couple more final questions here. So getting to the finale – finale? Yeah. Finale is great. And uh, 
I think you could have lost at, uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, so you get to the final, that's good, but you could have lost all of this in this venture, even if you were booted out in the first week. And here's what I mean. You're easily the biggest social star on that show between all of the social properties that you have uh, outside of Bobby and, and Michael, but I'm not counting them. So just getting FaceTime on television exposed to new folks, new audience, that's a huge win, right, in the overall scheme. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome just to be featured. It was really cool, too, because when they did like the little bios just in the very first episode, uh, we were looking at our traffic analytics and we saw a huge spike in people just jumping onto the website wow. to see like what this was all about. And we saw our subscriber count go up and all of our rubs and sauces started to sell a little bit. Every week we'd see a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. I think the craziest was last Thursday I used my sweet rub on some smoked and fried chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sales of our sweet rub were just like going crazy that night online. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, have you noticed a huge jump in uh, people following you on Instagram and stuff? Uh, yeah, we've seen a couple hundred come on, join us on Instagram. Um, Facebook kind of is its own beast. It continues to grow pretty much independent, I feel like, at this point of whatever I try to do. Cause but, like Facebook Facebook's is way there. bigger, huh? <laughs> Facebook's way bigger, wow. yeah. So it's harder for us to see like a specific spike in that. But yeah. definitely in people subscribing to our weekly newsletter, it's the Barbecue Beat. It goes out every Friday, and it's kind of a roundup of our newest recipes, some gear and gadgets that I love. And then we actually feature readers that tag us on social media with their barbecue pictures, which is really cool. Hmm. So, yeah, we saw we saw a great little spike. So it's definitely been great for us. I mean, it's like you said, even if I didn't make it past the first episode, just having that opportunity to stand among that crowd of competitors and have a platform like Food Network with Iron Chefs like Bobby Flay and Michael Simon and the judges. I mean, Mo Kaysan, Amy Mills, Chris Lilly, that was it was unreal just to be there. So I had mentioned a little bit ago that this was filmed early in the year, but what kind of a relationship are you able to build with the two stars of the show, that being Bobby Flay and Michael Simon? For instance, could you pick up your phone right now and blast a text to Michael Simon and say, hey, I'm on the Barbecue Central show. What do you think? And you would get a reply <laughs> back pretty quick. Or could you call him or no? Um, I don't know if I would, but he was really nice. We were in Las Vegas a couple of months ago. Uh, pretty soon after the show, we actually had a layover flying home from Germany and he was super nice. Get us a seat at his new restaurant, Mabel's in Las Vegas. That was really sweet. Um, do you ever feel like that those two uh, thought that, you know, Hey, you know, we're here to be here, uh, like out of an obligation thing, or were they really invested in being part of the show and wanted to see the success of it? Uh, I feel like both of them were incredibly invested. Like I said earlier, Bobby Flay owns a production company and they were the one that put the show on. So, I mean, for him professionally, of course, he wants to see the show do well because that's just more great things for the company that he runs. But personally, I felt like both of them were incredibly invested in their team. Mm. And that's one thing that I think maybe got cut out a lot from the show that was unfortunate was those mentors both spent a lot of time in our cook stations. And so to have that opportunity, I mean, in the beginning part of the show, they cook against each other and they have a great rivalry and a very friendly competition. And it's incredibly unique because they've never cooked against each other. Not when they were on Iron Chef, 
never have they competed against each other in a cook-off. So for them to do that at the beginning of the show and have it be as fun and lighthearted and jovial as it was, but at the same time, they had the passion of trying to really win those advantages for their team. Uh, I think it made for really interesting television, at least for me to watch. And then the best part was all of the competitors got to sit behind them mm-hmm. and watch them cook and to watch Iron Chefs develop flavors and how quickly they move and the things that they choose to do with their time was super helpful when we were competing. And then they spent so much time in our cook stations, um, tasting our food, giving us tips, giving us feedback. And like I said, a lot of that got lost in the edits, which Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't get it all in there, but I felt like I walked away with so much knowledge and information just from having that one-on-one time with Michael Simon. When he's in your station and you guys are going, and I, I mean, I, I never even thought about it because it, it does not translate that at all. It, you know, to me, it seems like they are, are like required to spend two or three minutes with each person yeah. and that's it. So it's nice to hear that they're in there quite a bit. So as he's there under counsel saying, Hey, do this, do that. I mean, do you feel like you had to take their input and then implement into whatever you were doing? Or was it always left up to you to be like, eh, you know, great advice, Iron Chef, but I think I'm going to go stick with my recipe. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's always left up to us. And if you watched last week's episode, Phil the Grill went with two meats. And Bobby Flay was like, I don't think you should do two meats. Just do one meat. And Lene, uh, Michael counseled her that her potato salad was, salty. he thought it was salty. Yeah. And she thought it was great. And so at the end of the day, it's completely up to the contestants. We're the one putting the food on the plate. We're the one whose name is on the chopping block. Michael and Simon don't get cut, right? So it's up to us to decide what ends up on the plate. But for me... I wanted to just take in all of the all of the advice and all of the information that he had to offer because he competed on television professionally cooking food for years and years. He owns two barbecue restaurants. He's written barbecue cookbooks. Like I feel like he has a very um, educated point of view mm-hmm. and a very experienced point of view. So when he's giving me tips, I'm going to do my best to listen to those tips. Uh, Michael Simon seems to be universally liked. I mean, he is a <laughs> Cleveland guy, so you know we're all universally liked dudes. Uh, <laughs> however, the same cannot be said for Bobby Flay. He seems to have his share of detractors for one reason or another. So, as someone who got to spend time around, you know, both when it comes to Bobby, is he douchey? No, no. that's like the most common question I get. And it kind of breaks my heart because I see how he's portrayed on television and I get where people get that. Um, because when he's cooking, I don't think I've ever seen anyone more dialed in and more focused. Mm -hmm. And so you see him on competition shows like beat Bobby Flay, or you see him on shows like iron chef, or even like this one where they're cooking and you see that serious focus, that concentration, like he's working very hard and he's, takes a lot of pride in the food that he makes. So in my opinion, maybe that's what's like coming off as people having maybe like a negative opinion about him, but he was great to work with. And he was incredibly complimentary to me. I've seen him since filming. Um, my husband and I were in New York and I got to see him in New York City. Mm. And he had nothing but kind things to say about the show, about working with me. And so I personally have a great opinion of Bobby Flay. And I feel like having cooked, watched him cook and cooked next to him and, and had those conversations with him. Um, it was great. Uh, which contestant did you like the least? Um, none of them. I feel like, I don't, come I don't on, I, Susie, spill it. 
guys, I just like people so much. And honestly, like for me, it's like I said earlier, to even be standing in that crowd of people who is so incredibly qualified and who have worked really hard to be where they're at in this barbecue game, I don't think you could say that any one of them have cheated their way to the top. Any one of them uh, are there because of one reason or another that they don't deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that equals nothing but respect. I have nothing but respect for all of the competitors. And I know that you've talked to several of them on the show and I was lucky enough to have met several of them in person and then to get to know them, you know, through this television format was a really amazing experience. And we had a lot of downtime. We had a lot of time to sit and to chat and to have conversations about what their business looks like, what their food looks like, what they like to do. Um, so I would say we all left pretty good friends. Did you, uh, do you think you made a bestie out of anybody maybe? Oh my gosh. Well, I already knew Joe. I was so sad to see Joe go home the first week. How did you know Um, Joe? I went to Kansas City with Smithfield a couple of years ago. They did a Guinness World Record event uh, yes. with Chris Lilly and Kevin Coleman, yeah, Weber yeah. Kingsford. Um, so I was part of that media crew that went out there and got to participate in that Guinness World Record event. Nice. And so we went to Slaps in Kansas City. And so I got to tour the back, hang out with Joe, hang out with his brother. And so when we walked in and saw each other, it took a second for the, those light bulbs to go on. And then it was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it was that was a great experience to kind of have that ability to to reunite and hang out and talk for a little bit. And anyway, Joe's awesome. All right. So uh, if you want to see who wins, it's either going to be Leanne or it's going to be Susie. And you can watch Thursday at 9 p.m. on the Food Network. If you can't make it, uh, tape it and then watch it at a later date and keep your head under a rock so nobody spoils it for you. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, Spoilers are everywhere on the will, Internet, guys. We will I've wish spoiled you good it luck. for a million people. Fine. We'll, uh, we'll wish you nothing but good luck, and we'll Thank see how you. it goes Thursday. Now, let's transition out of that stupid TV show and talk about something important. Hot dogs! <laughs> So I know you have an impending number of posts dedicated to one of the more popular items to hit the live fire. One of Joey Chestnut's favorite things to eat on July 4th, I might add, that being the almighty hot dog. So like, what do you like most about hot dogs? Oh, my gosh. I mean, hot dogs are like everybody's secret favorite thing. I like how much some people pretend to hate hot dogs, but actually everybody loves hot dogs. Right? Oh, you don't like hot dogs? Oh, Susie, I'm about I'm going to relay a story to you that might ruin your evening and I don't want to do it, but I have to because my Texas embedded correspondent, uh, we won't use his name, it rhymes with Doug Shiding, and <laughs> he has made under no pretense and has said it live on audio video of this show that not only does he detest hot dogs, he will not even put a hot dog on any of his cookers. Ever. He hates hot dogs, which, in, of course, to me means you, he also hates kids and not necessarily in that order. But <laughs> he legitimately hates hot dogs and won't even cook. Can you imagine Susie Bullock and her family, Todd, the kids are over at Doug's house. Then the, your uh, you know, son is, like, hey, Mr. Shining, can you put these hot dogs on? He would be like, uh, beat it, kid. No way, <laughs> no how. Can you believe humans live like this? Their secret closet hot dog eaters. I believe I that. I agree. I agree with that. Doug, They're come out of the hot dog closet. Hot Outrageous. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, so my love affair with hot dogs has been lifelong. Um, but 
recently, <clears throat> at least in terms of like blogging and recipe development, it kind of started out as like, you don't need a recipe for a hot dog, right? First of all, like right. you put hot dogs on the grill, you simmer hot dogs, you have hot dogs. That's kind of the beauty of hot dogs is that they don't require cooking. But several years ago, I put out a recipe for a poor man's burn end made out of a chuck roast. So it's slow smoked, very similar to the process of a brisket. You cube the whole chuck roast. Um, it saves you from having to buy a $50 brisket, yeah, right? right. You, can, you can buy a $10 chuck and kind of get that burn ends experience. The video went viral on Facebook and the comments rolled in like, this isn't poor man's. When Chuck's like three ninety nine a pound, like who who do you think are poor people? Like you're so oh, and people got so mad at me for calling these poor man's burn ends. Um, and my family and I was were joking about this in my sister's backyard. Well, like what would be a poor man's burn end then? And of course, the topic of hot dogs came up. Right, you can get them for ninety nine cents a package. Like let's make some real poor man's burn ends. Like. Paycheck to paycheck burn ends, college student burn ends. Hmm. Um, so we made hot dog burn ends. Yes. And it kind of started out as a tongue in cheek reference to my poor man's burn ends and all the viral internet haters. But what happened <laughs> was they were freaking delicious. Oh. Like better than any little smoky you've ever had, any little cocktail weenie you've ever had in any party. And so once we tried it out, we were like, oh, dang, like we actually need to make these a thing. So we recorded a video for hot dog burn ends. And guess what? Super viral. Like yes. insanely viral. I remember like, it. Fifties, millions. I don't even know how many views at this point. I quit. I quit keeping track. Wow. Um, but people made them. And yes, there were the people that were like, this is so stupid. You don't even know what a burn end is. Like, yep. shut up. You can't cook barbecue. There are those people out there. I do know what a burn end is. Uh, we did make this kind of to be funny. <laughs> uh, but people made them and they were so delicious. And they started taking them to parties and holiday parties and making them for birthdays because they're affordable. They're really portable. They're easy to make in large batches. Um, so anyway, hot dog burn ends kind of took off. And then I wanted to know what else we could do with hot dogs. So this week we did a char dog, which is a Chicago style hot dog, but cooked over charcoal. Mm -hmm. um, dragged through the garden. It's got everything on it, right? Tomatoes, spore pecker, peppers, pickles, green relish, onions, mustard, the lot. Do you like, raw, then, you like raw onions? Are you a fan of raw onions? Small amounts, yeah. I oh, can do raw God. onions on a taco. I can do raw onions on a hot dog. I, I'm I just can't. I, I want to uh, uh, grilled onions. Or sautéed heat, you know, because heat changes things. My yeah, friend yeah. Sam, the cooking guy, says raw onions and me, man, we are constantly fighting, and I just can't get with it. But all right, that's you're fine. not alone. That's all right. That's all right. Um, and then tomorrow we're doing an update on one of my favorite recipes. It's a beer braised bratwurst, mm. which is like a slow simmered brat, and then it has some braised red cabbage on top. It's super delicious. Thursday. We're releasing a Sonoran hot dog, which I actually learned about for the first time on Barbecue Brawl from Phil the Grill. He lives in Phoenix. It's this Southwestern-style hot dog. First popularized in Tucson. It's really moved around to Phoenix and other parts of the Southwestern United States. Mm. It's a bacon-wrapped hot dog uh, with beans, like pinto beans, cooked pinto beans on top. And then your pretty typical salsa top or taco toppings. We have salsa, avocados. Um, cilantro, I squoze some lime on mine and they're wow. so good. Wow. They're so good. Sonoran? So we're kind of taking hot dogs to the next level a little bit this week. It's called a Sonoran hot dog? 
Yes, yeah, Sonoran hot dog. Yeah, I've never heard so of that. Shout out to Phil the Grill for introducing me to Sonoran hot dogs. Wow, yeah. But now that's a guy who thought he had some pretty dynamite chicken wings, and guess what? Uh-oh. Not so dynamite, according to the judges. Wow. It is brutal, and oh. it's also brutal because one thing that the cameras, again, don't show is you cook your food, and it takes a little bit for the judges to get there. Yes. And then they spend time at each station. So by the time they're getting to you at the end, my super duper crispy chicken wings maybe not so crispy. Right. It's after like sitting well, outside in Texas humidity and heat for twenty five to thirty minutes. That's why I uh, uh, we're getting dragged back into the TV after I threw it <laughs> off the bridge. But I mean, that's why I thought the competition folks would have an extreme leg up because just every weekend in, weekend out, they're cooking their recipes and their flavor profiles to be tasted uh, lukewarm at best to cool. Yep. So, you know, they have that already kind of built into the repertoire, as it were. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a weird thing. Um, all right. So uh, what's your favorite hot dog recipe of all time? If you can only have one more hot dog and that's it, what are you going out on? Oh, my gosh. And you don't mind a boiled so. hot dog or a hot dog in water? Because uh, Stephen Reichlin told me there was a... Uh, Tenth circle of hell waiting for me when I told them I enjoyed a nice boiled hot dog. I do prefer a grilled hot dog. But you're not sending me to hell. It's a flavor thing. I won't send you to hell. I mean, Chicago dogs are traditionally steamed or parboiled. So. All right. I mean, I I don't think anyone deserves to be sent anywhere for their eating preferences. Well, I mean, I'll give you Stephen Reichlin's telephone number and you can school him up here a little bit. So, uh, like, <laughs> do you have a particular uh, hot dog brand? Are you like Sabrette or Hebrew National or something else? What do you like? Oh, my gosh. We have been loving um, McCormick actually came out with a line of hot dogs earlier this year. Really? And they're pretty legit. We grabbed a couple of them to try, and my kids were like, uh, these are awesome. And I agreed. They were really delicious. That's actually what we used when we were doing. Uh, our Sonoran hot dogs hmm. a couple weeks ago. But if previous to that, I will generally go Nathan's. Oh, yeah. I love Nathan's, too. No doubt. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, quickly tell us about Grill Squad. <laughs> Grill Squad is awesome. It's our members-only platform. There's exclusive content, meat master classes, like hours of footage teaching you my methods for brisket, pulled pork, ribs, chicken. Uh, we have an awesome Facebook group that I... I'm a little biased about, but I believe they're like the best community on Facebook because they kind of carry the same philosophy that we carry that we're not going to send you to some terrible place because you believe in cooking something some certain way. And if you belong to a lot of barbecue forums on Facebook, you know that if you ask a stupid question or you post something people disagree with, they'll tear you apart. And we don't have any of that, which is really amazing. People are super fantastic, willing to learn, willing to share, help each other out. Um, We love the girl squad. uh, And then, sorry. No, no flame. It's a no flame zone, right? (laughs) No flame zone. Lots of wood smoke though. And another thing with our girl squad memberships is you get a discount for our rubs and sauces. If you ever want to buy something, from Patio Provisions, which is our online store where we sell our sweet rub, our chicken rub, our beef rub, and then our three barbecue sauces. So is that a uh, something you can just sign up for indiscriminately, or is there like rolling uh, entry ways to get into the Grill Squad or what? Um, enrollment opens the first five days of every month. There's oh. a wait list on our site, so you can just go to heygrillhay.com slash grill dash squad, and we'll let you know when enrollment opens next. All right. So uh, Thursday, which is two days from now, 
watch this television that is watch in your it, living it, room. It. Go to Food Network and see if Susie can bring home the championship to the Hay Grill Hay and Barbecue Central show <laughs> landscapes. Um, I would say that because you've showed up on this show, that guarantees victory. However, the contest has already <laughs> ended, so I can't make that guarantee this time around. But maybe no next time. No guarantees. You're going to have to watch it. Next time you get booked for a television show, tell me first. We'll get you on before you actually go shoot. And then the show <laughs> Karma can attach. Victory will ensue, no doubt about it. Uh, Susie, always appreciate go. the time. Thanks so much. Hey, have a good night. There she is. Susie Bullock, everybody. She may or may not be crowned queen. Uh, queen. King. What the hell is the thing? King of Q? Master of Q? Uh-oh. Jeez. Well, I mean, if she wins or if Leanne wins, they could both be Queen of Q. Whatever, right? Sure. So, if you don't know Susie, you know her a little bit more now. If you've been watching her on television over the last handful of weeks, a little bit more of a spotlight onto who she is and what kind of personality she has. And that was a great amount of time. A lot of great insight, not dodging any questions at all. So, man, that was great. Susie, thanks so much. Again, her website, heygrillhay.com, and you can sign up for her grill Hi, squad. this is Beskidoff, the barbecue wizard, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Bye-bye. All right. Well, it was weird. Briskydorf making his wizardry appearance. Uh, again, thanks to Susie Bullock, HeyGrillHay.com, at HeyGrillHay on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Huge Facebook. She said Facebook is its own monster. I mean, you know it's big when Facebook is just taken over and that's like its own entity. Like, All right, we are back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. Be right back. and thighs injecting butts if you've never heard this before you might think you found the best triple x show ever let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today craig Rimpy. hey hey we are back this portion of the show being brought to you by the smoke sheet it's a free weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the world of barbecue including Top news, events, recipes, and more. Started by Ryan Cooper, a.k.a. Barbecue Tourist, and Sean Ludwig, a.k.a. NYC BBQ. Both of them traveling around the country to find the best barbecue and then report it. You can sign up for the newsletter and see the full events on their barbecue calendar at bbqnewsletter.com. That's bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. I signed up. You sign up. I signed up. You sign up. All right, we are late. Did I end it like that? That was some of the worst audio editing I've ever done. What the hell? Maybe I hit a button that screwed it all up. I don't know. Let's make tracks all the way. Okay, coming in hot. All the way back in the first hour, Stephen Reichlin, BarbecueBible.com. Project Fire is on television on PBS as well right now. New cruise ship doings. Coming in February, he'll be setting sail. He'll be giving a kind of a barbecue university on the water, if it were. 
We also talked with Robin Lindars, the Grill Girl, grillgirl.com, her website at grillgirlrobin on Instagram if you want to give her a follow. Talked about a budding recipe in the works for iguana. She ate wild boar and said it was succulent. Uh, there's an alligator in her back canal. Will we see any alligator recipes, Robin? Maybe, maybe not. Second hour, stocked full of Susie Bullock, HeyGrillHey.com. We talked at length about Barbecue Brawl, Simon versus Flay, Flay versus Simon. And the finale is coming up Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You will see Susie on Team Simon and Leanne on Team Flay, and they will go at it. Whole hog to start. Plenty of Sidewinder competitions will be filled in as well, according to the promo. Looks to be very intense, so we'll see how it shakes out. We hope that Susie takes it since she was just my most recent guest. We wish her good luck. We will react next Thursday, no matter who wins, and we'll take it from there. Big show planned for you next week. Kevin Bloodsoe is in from Bloodsoe's Barbecue. He was also on the show, voted out week one, I believe. And we also have the fourth Tuesday of the month, which is the Embedded Correspondence segment, so I'm sure we'll be talking about that as well. September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Good night now.